0: Before we dive into today's podcast, we would like to give a quick disclaimer. The subjects we're about to talk about relate to mental health, anxiety, depression, and topics that may be sensitive to some listeners.
1: Welcome to another episode of Hello & Co podcast. This is Kathy.
0: This is Michelle. This is Vanessa. This is Cindy.
1: So with the whole coronavirus happening, a lot of us are now working from home. So I think this is actually a great time for all of us to kind of focus back on ourselves and think about things that can help us feel happier and more in tune with our individuality and ourselves
2: so today's episode we're going to focus a little bit about mental health and self-care and everything that encompasses our well-beings mentally Um, so I want to start off I'm going to go around the circle starting with Vanessa how are you Oh, I'm good. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to ask. That's not what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to ask, how are you really? Hmm. I mean,
0: I feel pretty good because it's been so long since I've, like, seen you guys. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know with the whole coronavirus thing, like, everyone's kind of freaking out. But I'm trying to have, like, a positive outlook on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really freaking out about it. Yeah. But I do get, like, we still have to be careful and cautious.
2: But overall, I feel good. Yeah, that's really optimistic. I I asked... That question that way because I feel like um, whenever someone asks you how are you, it's kind of a reflex yeah. to say I'm good, yeah, yeah I'm well, sure. I'm fine. Like, you know, what
1: else are you supposed to say oh, exactly? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like,
0: well, let me tell you.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. my
0: coworker, like, we had this conversation. He was like, "Why do we even ask people like how they are? Like, do we actually care how exactly. they are? Like, it's yeah. more like a formality right. and like, or maybe yeah. yeah,
1: not like being uncomfortable with the awkward silence." I mean like if let's say you see someone in passing in the hallways and when you say how are you you can't really say anything else but good because if you say I'm okay I mean they're just gonna pass you and go like oh
2: that's great yeah (laughs) sometimes people actually don't even respond yeah like these are like hi how are you and you're like hi you know so like people just take it as a greeting like I wanted to ask you with the intention of actually seeing how you're doing yeah well sometimes when people ask me I'd be like
0: oh like it's going or like, it's okay. Like sometimes I'll be honest, yeah. but I That's mean, I'm good. not going to go into like yeah. detail. Yeah. I because I, I, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to say like, oh, I'm good. Like when I'm not good. Yeah. At exactly. Least for yeah. me personally. Yeah.
1: I also think like it's hard for people to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. It's not something that is very open that people like to talk about. Or maybe if they are open to talking about it but it's not the norm yeah and sometimes it's not
2: like the right environment Mm -hmm. to do so so I think this is a really good time for us to take advantage of like this intimate environment that we have you know in our little girl talk circle so since I haven't seen Cindy for a while too (laughs) I wanted to ask you how you are really doing
1: (laughs) really doing Mm. um uh really doing I think like day-to-day it's a very like nine-to-five job and I feel sometimes a little stuck Mm -hmm. in that type of mentality because Mm -hmm. our world is designed in a very capitalistic way Mm -hmm. and sometimes I do feel a little stuck and I do question whether or not I'm doing what I'm supposed to do or meant to do and I do question myself like what is my purpose a lot which is super deep yeah Um, it's difficult because we are working at a specific job or working towards a specific goal. Mm. But then there's always that what if yeah. of what if I changed where I want to go. I don't know, like leave Maryland and go to California. Yeah. You know, just all these thoughts are still, they're valid yeah. and they can still happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the world is kind of our playground, but at the same time, like, am I really utilizing the world like a playground? Yeah. yeah or am I really just
2: stuck in the sandbox yeah. <laughs> it, like
1: am i sliding down the slide because it has been designed to be a slide
0: poetry it's Snap for my life um but yeah sometimes i struggle with that so yeah i'm very much asking. like that type like mm-hmm. if something's designed to do a certain way then i'll just do it i won't like yeah. think outside the box mm-hmm. and that's what i find myself struggling with that work like mm-hmm. if we have a certain process or whatever mm-hmm. and like this is how i was taught then that's the only way that i will do it i won't think of like oh how can i make this more efficient or how can i like change it but i think working within my company it's like taught me to think differently so i'm trying to apply that to like every day
2: life yeah yeah actually like Vanessa and I are very different in that aspect so actually like when I was leaving my job I didn't tell her until I like already put in the two weeks and we talked pretty often Mm -hmm. I would say like over like Facebook or like through text or something like I didn't tell her because I know she wouldn't really judge me for it but I didn't really think you'd understand like why I wanted to do that because like Vanessa's like you graduate from a university and then you get a job and then you work that job nine to five for me i'm like i don't want to be stuck somewhere from nine to five you know like i want to yeah. be out and do stuff so that's why i actually didn't tell vanessa that i quit my job until like yeah way after i, I like had a feeling though like i kind that of knew like it was because you know me yeah, yeah. so i should have been comfortable telling
0: you it's fine but yeah i yeah. i would judge but like let you do your thing like yeah i, I exactly. wouldn't i wouldn't like put my beliefs onto you yeah yeah. So when
1: Michelle did tell you, so what was like your initial reaction to it?
0: Mm. I was like, uh, like, I kind of expected it. Like, yeah. not, yeah. not, not in a bad say way. I why? why. Like, you I knew you it. weren't like happy at your job. And there's a lot of people who aren't happy at their job. And some people can't, like, some people can take that jump and leave their job. And mm-hmm. some people can't. Like, I just couldn't. Yeah, because I like the stability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the hardest part is like knowing that you're not going to have that stability anymore. But then I I can see like like being at a job that you're unhappy at can take a toll on you mentally as well. And I think we've all probably experienced that. Yeah, and I guess it's
1: all a balance and also really dependent on the person. So I think like our world likes to be structured in a way like, oh, everyone needs to have a nine to five or everyone should think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just different for everyone. And everyone's needs and to be aware of that Mm -hmm. and so that's why i think like this topic of just like awareness of what people need um is different for everyone and to be open and accepting of that yeah it's really cool that you you think about how this society is structured Mm -hmm. and then you think do i want to follow that structure yeah Yeah. because there's good parts to that structure yeah there is and sometimes it brings maybe like peace and you know feeling like there's something to follow yeah and plus like our world is structured in a certain way like for example specifically in America it's a capitalistic mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. you have to have money so there needs to be a balance of being stable um, with the money versus your emotional
2: um, but I didn't ask Kathy how are you doing really I'm not doing well mm.
1: unfortunately um, I think right now is probably one of the hardest times of my life um, I've it actually kind of started more like a week ago or so where I'm definitely having trouble like finding the want to get out of bed. Mm. Um that's been really hard for me. I'm feeling pretty alone right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um and just really lost. I don't know what to do with
0: my life. Mm. Is it like finding a routine? I guess like a new daily routine on so i think that's the next step but it's first kind of
1: conquering this sadness that i'm going through um i feel like (laughs) like when i wake up Mm -hmm. right when i wake up i think about where i am in life Mm -hmm. and i'm unhappy i'm just feeling lost because i don't i'm not like stable i don't feel stable right now Mm -hmm. um and so when i wake up and i feel uh down just thinking about my situation I actually don't want to deal with the rest of the day mm-hmm. just because it's just so difficult to I just want to I want to wake up and or not not that I want to wake up I wake up I don't like my whole situation and so I just want to go back to sleep and that's mm-hmm. how like I've been trying to like deal with my emotions and it's awful um, but I'm, I know it's a process. I'm trying to work on it. Yeah. Does the world feel
0: too, like, overwhelming? Yeah. Or, like
1: Very much so. Like, I don't want to... Even, like, small things like going to work is so difficult nowadays. Yeah. It's so difficult to even put that one foot on the ground hmm. to start the day. Um,
2: Has running been helping at all? I know you said you've been getting back into running recently.
1: Yeah, so... It's also the idea of being able to get out of the door Mm. to run. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that whole, like, getting there Mm -hmm. never happens,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I feel like a lot of people, like, this is a feeling that's not really new, I guess. Like, I feel like everyone has gone through, you know, not wanting to face the day or just having, like, a bad day. Mm -hmm. I think in that situation where, like, Say for example, you're finding it hard to like leave the house or like go to work. I think if you think of it, rather than I need to get myself to work, you can be like, I need to do it in like small steps where you're like yeah. oh i need to get out of bed and then once you accomplish that you could be like i need to brush my teeth right and then, like kind of take it into like little steps and then and i need a
2: change and then yeah like you could even take it a step further and instead of saying like oh i i need to get out of bed you can say i want to get out of bed yeah i want to brush my teeth you know i want to change out of my clothes into something that makes me feel happy and then i want to get to work so i can help people yeah. you know and support myself yeah yeah yeah, I think it
1: once again, it's also like a mentality switch yeah. of actually being able to say I want to mm-hmm. because it, the emotion is so strong. Yeah, saying, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. So that's the yeah. difficult part.
2: Yeah. Well, do you think uh, do you think this is like a rut for you right now? Like, do you feel that it's temporary or in the moment? Probably. Can, is it hard to see I that? I feel
1: like it could be. A, affecting me in the future Mm. i know something i'm actually i think it started more so today is knowing that i could feel so low and so down Mm. that now i'm starting to get stressed and slightly anxious Mm. of knowing that it may come back so it's kind of weird now where it's like when I'm not, let's say, in my lowest point,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm now nervous of when it's gonna come back, right? And, and then, then that totally might that. cause it to come back, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's that's been something that th- this morning I'm like, when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? So yeah, uh, that's that's been a struggle. So thanks for also just being here. I think something that really helps is being surrounded by people, but it's hard because sometimes. I don't want to be surrounded I by that totally. Yeah. yeah. Cuz you feel when, like you have to put on a
2: face. Yeah. But once yeah. it happens
1: like with people that like I'm okay with, mm-hmm. it is better. It yeah. is more
2: helpful. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for being so honest with yeah. us. That was so vulnerable and raw of you.
1: I mean, no, yeah, no problem. I definitely know that people do go through this. I know that when I was in college, I also went through a slight bit of confusion on mm-hmm like where i am in life and i was also struggling a lot during i want to say it was like my freshman sophomore year mm-hmm. um same yeah i had trouble yeah
0: maybe we're similar because i noticed for me i get into slumps when i have a big like life event change so mm-hmm. like freshman year of college like you're you know from high school to college and you're like dorming or living on your own and like meeting new people so it's like a big life change so yeah. i think it's the adjustment that maybe I don't want to speak for you but I know for Mm -hmm. me like it's the adjustment and like getting used to things and like getting into routine Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and now like I know I hate talking about COVID-19 but like now that like we're kind of technically all supposed to be in quarantine you're working from home it just gives you so much time to be by yourself and alone with your thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah it's
0: yeah I wonder how that's gonna affect people like is it gonna make people more like because i feel like you're yeah more lonely because you're not surrounded by people especially people Mm -hmm. who like live on their own Mm -hmm. but i also like read something where it's brought people closer together and made their relationships closer but then again that's probably people like living with the family and stuff
2: i think it's completely normal to feel you know like um we're not okay sometimes um as long as we know that it's temporary and we are able to eventually get out of it Um, I was actually thinking like it happens to pretty much everyone well not everyone but a lot of people like I was actually listening to a podcast recently um, with Mike Tyson and Mm. he was like crying on the podcast he was in tears because Mm. he he misses who he used to be you know like Mike Tyson is like in my opinion, one of the greatest boxers of all time. And it's crazy to see such a powerful, like crazy beast in the ring. Personality. Cry. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so crazy to me, but it really shows that it happens to everyone. So...
1: What did he say in his podcast?
2: He was pretty much um, saying that he doesn't know who he is anymore. He doesn't know what his purpose is because he misses the monster that he used to be mm-hmm. um, like in the rink. And was his identity. It was his whole identity. And he feels like it was so dangerous that like, he can't do that anymore. Yeah, But that. that's exactly, that's like who he was. So like now that he's not that person anymore, he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. He, he, he said he feels worthless. And for someone like Mike Tyson to say that they feel worthless is crazy for me to hear yeah, because I- you know, like, he's such a powerful man. Yeah.
1: I I, I think I heard something similar from Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. You know, where that all entire scandal where, like, she was like, saying all these, like, not-so-kind words to Holly Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. And then her being just, like, beaten in that match. Yeah. And then everyone saying all these negative things about her online. And then yeah. she just, like, said... And then she just wasn't, you know... Uh, she wasn't in social media anymore mm-hmm. and then the first time she really came out was on ellen and she was saying like i didn't know who i was anymore yeah if i'm not the best then who am i exactly or it was like if first I time t- losing yeah and if yeah. i don't have this sport anymore mm-hmm. who am i this exactly. is like my identity yeah so a lot of people like really hold on to you know certain things as their identity and once they lose it they're very lost yeah um it kind of gets you thinking a lot. yeah. About, it's really relatable. Yeah. I haven't yeah. yet felt that personally. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see it being definitely a really big struggle for people. But I think for now, for me, I haven't even found my identity mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have felt some sort of like, oh, my identity is like lost now. I think ever since I was young, my parents kind of told me that oh, you're kind, you're a good girl, Mm -hmm. you know, pure and that's who you are. And I kind of like made my identity as that. And then once I got into college, you know, like I got to not be at home all the time with my Mm -hmm. parents watching me. And then uh, I had like my first boyfriend in college Mm -hmm. and.
2: hmm. It's like hard to put into words, huh?
1: Like, I think, like, ever since, I like, grew we young, we were, like, raised to be pure and we have to be good, traditional kids. Mm-hmm. And then after my first relationship in college, I, like, lost my virginity. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be with him my entire life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And realizing that that relationship didn't work, I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I felt like, and kind of needing and wanting other people's attentions and needing another guy's attention needing, and wanting lust a little bit, mm-hmm. I felt impure, and I didn't know who I was. Um, and so I was very lost, because I was told all my life, 20-some years, that I was supposed to be this type of person. That's done. Yeah, And then once I did something that was, quote unquote "unpure, I think, because of just how I was raised. I felt like I was dirty. I mean, something that society always talks about are like the seven deadly sins. And like, quote unquote, lust is one of them. Mm. Feeling lustful and all that, which I think is stupid and silly. But yeah, maybe that's why it also was something that affected you. Yeah. Like it was like the first time, like feeling like the need To have someone be there for me, either physically or emotionally. Mm. And I never had that ever in my life. And to be told and raised in my Catholic church Mm -hmm. and my parents saying, like, don't. Like, these are the the reasons. This is how to be a good girl. Exactly. You must, you know, um, have, like, intercourse and sex with only one person after you get married. Mm -hmm. I already broke that. And then I questioned myself, after that. Like, I'm probably bad then. Yeah, I'm probably bad now. Yeah. like Or tainted. Tainted. Or- and now, in addition, I want someone to love me or make me feel loved yeah. in another way. I felt dirty. so And I think just like sometimes it can mess with you because of so many expectations, either mm-hmm. in your community, in your family, or... Within or yourself. You. Yeah, within yourself. Yeah. I think... Yeah, especially within yourself. I yeah. think that's like a really it can mess with your head.
2: Yeah. That yeah. was actually so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. yeah, like just listening to you like every single word. I was just like <laughs> clinging on because it was so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I oh day, I'm gonna get a little emotional. Um yeah. I feel like I grew up similarly, like I had a lot of pride in being like a good girl. Yeah. Like my parents always told me, like, you're such a good girl, like, and I don't blame this on them or anything, but um, I feel like growing up, I got meaner and meaner, just because I guess like experiences and like, especially in high school, like a lot of people took advantage of, I guess my niceness. Yeah, um, I understand that. Yeah, so I, I feel like because of that, I had to defend myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just drop my napkin, my (laughs) tissue. Um, I felt like I had to defend myself a lot. And because of that, I feel like I got tougher in a way. And actually like would randomly, even to this day, I just have like sessions where I really look down on myself because I feel like I'm not as nice as I used to be. And you're still like one of the nicest people that I (laughs) know. So don't feel that way. I feel like I i'm not you put yourself on like a i don't want to say not like a pedestal but i do have expectations for myself yeah Yeah, i I have expectations for myself and i feel like i feel like um my parents raised me to be such a good girl and i was such a good girl and then i feel like i kind of erased some of their hard work in a way i guess i don't really know how to word it but that makes sense like i mean I get it
1: because me too. I'm the nice girl. Yeah. I'm supposed to be thoughtful of other people's yeah. thoughts and opinions. And to be honest, because of that, it has hurt me mm-hmm. in so many ways because yeah. I don't think about my own opinions anymore. Yeah. Um, if someone has a stronger opinion, I listen to them. And people in my life have told me, You're such a good person but you're also losing yourself by not standing up. And it doesn't make you a mean person. It's just you don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want to be wiped like a doormat from other people because people out there, there there are
2: not so nice people out there. Yeah, and then you get to the point where you put your opinions in the back burner so often that you don't, really have strong opinions on things anymore yes yeah you are just okay with everything now because I mean in a way it was good because it made me empathetic but at other times I'm like why can't I have a strong opinion about something and then I realized it's because I always put my opinions in the back burner and just Mm -hmm. agreed with the person next to me yeah because I had a fear of disappointing people Mm -hmm. and I realized like um that's where my anxiety stems from is one uh disappointing people and the the second one is one uh part of anxiety i guess that i uh recently have been able to uh, i don't know how to word this but be okay with it now so i i know that like anxiety stems from a lot of things um one of them being what my problem was was taking things way too personally i felt like if i was telling a story and someone would like look at their phone or something I'd be like, oh, my story's so bad or like they don't care or like they're bored. So I used to get offended and get anxious and then like just keep talking and just like blurbing until like I say something that catches their attention. Um, I'm so sorry. That's hard. But I realized that it's not about me, you know, like it's it's all in my ego. So I have to be like, oh, they're looking at their phone. Maybe they got a text from mm-hmm. something or maybe maybe something important happened or, you know, like maybe they're checking the news or mm-hmm. honestly, maybe they're not interested in my story and that's OK. Yeah. So that I was able to, I guess, solve within myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't take things personally anymore, which has immensely helped with my anxiety. Yeah, um, but the one I'm still working on is the not disappointing people one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. With that one. Yeah.
1: What, yeah. What is your fear? in like the disappointment of people. I don't know if I'm like phrasing this question.
2: Correctly, yeah, no, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I don't exactly know how to answer that. It's such yeah. a good question. Is it like getting the approval of others? You it's think? not really the approval, but um, it's the sense in where I feel like I have to help people and I want to help people. So if I don't have the power to help them or make them happy, then like, what is my purpose? Mm. Because my personal purpose in life is, to be happy and make others happy. And when right. other people around me okay. are happy, that's what makes me happy. I have that yeah. identity too. Yeah. So um, like, if you don't solve, if you don't do that for others, like how do you feel that sense of happiness too? You yes. know? Yeah. I feel like. Uh,
1: thanks for so much, Michelle, by the way, for sharing that. Like, I think a lot of people can really connect to that. Right. No, and thanks right. for listening. Cause yeah. I mean, didn't want no, to ramble. It's yeah, good. It's good. It's good. I, I get it because I don't know how to disappoint people either. Yeah. Seeing them upset or sad, I I think, you know what? I take back what I said about I don't think I know my identity because that is a part of my identity mm-hmm. where I am supposed to spread happiness to others. And if I don't do that, what is my point yeah. in being here? Yeah.
2: so.
0: I don't know. I think it's really interesting that you feel like I don't want to say like disappointed in yourself but that you don't feel like you're a nice person cuz you're literally like the like I still yeah. can't get past that. Like yeah. you're literally the nicest person that I know that sometimes I ask myself like cuz I feel like I I think I'm like I should be like as nice as Michelle or like yeah, you make me cry again. <laughs> or like yeah. no one like I'm like Michelle doesn't hate like anybody and I feel like yeah. I need to have that outlook but at the same time I don't know i feel like unapologetically like if i feel a certain way then i'm just i kind of accept that like yeah. that's just yeah. who i am
1: yeah i have a question yeah. for all of you guys though. yeah like, what when are you categorized as a nice person and when are you categorized as a mean
2: person like what defines that yeah hmm. um for me i consider myself a nice person when i put other people's feelings first before my own Um, just because I have always identified as a nurturer, like Mm -hmm. I like taking care of people and I find happiness and knowing that people are like happy and healthy and, and like I had to do a part with that, which is like a little bit of selfishness, but I feel like there has to be a little bit of selfishness involved being happy. That's kind of like the altruism debate,
1: kind of like, Oh, if you're being kind to someone, is that really truly? Yeah, exactly. Selfless. Yeah. Selfish.
2: I feel like it's never black and white. I feel yeah. like you have to be a little bit selfish. No, definitely. You know, like I volunteer at Soup Kitchens because it makes me feel good to see other people full. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But in the end, it's still a positive outcome. Yeah, it is. It's like a win-win, but it, it does stem from a little bit of selfishness yes. in a way. Yes. Yeah, because I if I didn't feel happy doing that, I would just not be it. miserable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I also can relate with that too. I think kathy similarly to you too like uh uh, i've also identified as like that nice perfect good girl Mm -hmm. and like i think more recently i've been asking myself the question like what is defined as a good person versus a bad person Mm -hmm. and i don't think there's ever really one way of defining it i think it's a simple way um a really religious way Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like when someone has all these bad rumors about them Mm -hmm. um and then Everyone says, oh, this person's mean. This person's not a good person. Yeah. Are they really just that category? Are they just really that bad
0: person? Probably not. I mean, I think it's like... I think it has mm -hmm. to do... When I think of that, like, if there's someone that I know I really dislike i tell myself like they can't be that bad of a person like i know Mm -hmm. they have i think everyone has like some good in them yeah and there's like parts of other people where you know you just might not agree with them so for me personally i think it has to do with a difference in you know like morals or like what i believe in yeah and that's where it stems from for me but i do believe there's like good in everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i do i think it's a good question to see it's like what makes a nice person
2: yeah
1: yeah i don't know because there are there's a lot of gray. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. a good or bad. It's just a whole spectrum but like, amongst it I think people
0: all. are like, people's actions are also driven by their own insecurities yeah. or mm-hmm. like other
2: reasonings Yeah, yeah. and their that. own morals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But mm, I don't know, but sometimes that doesn't like give them an excuse to act a certain way too. So,
2: yeah, I, I know what you mean though, but yeah, yeah, Kathy brought up a really good point about like religion and our upbringing in general and why we feel guilty for certain things. And, I can definitely see that like um, like I also had sex before marriage and um, I had a little bit later I guess like I'm a late bloomer but um, I felt so bad leading up to it. I didn't feel bad afterwards Mm -hmm. because I I was like this was my decision and Mm -hmm. he respected my decision so I feel like I have to feel confident in knowing that I made this decision myself. It like, leading up to it for, like, months and months and months, like, I i felt so guilty Mm because i was battling with like you're not supposed to have sex before marriage and Mm -hmm. and i was even like struggling to say i love you because i felt like i love you was just like one step closer to having sex Mm -hmm. because i can't have sex without love Mm -hmm. and i knew that like if i if i told him i loved him i was like the next step is sex
0: (laughs) (laughs) i remember michelle didn't even tell me for the longest time i didn't yeah but i feel like i kind of already knew Michelle, I,
1: I know mm-hmm. you mentioned something about like anxiety mm-hmm. and that you struggle with that or if you're comfortable mm-hmm. in like talking about it, we'd love to hear about all your experiences and all that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean I um I've only had one anxiety attack that is memorable to me and it was when I was pledging for a sorority. Mm-hmm. Um without giving like too much details, but I was uh, we were given a quiz and my sister next to me was the one uh, who had to answer and Mm. we couldn't leave until she answered the question. I felt I wanted to help her so bad but they told me I couldn't help her and I felt like I was disappointing her because I couldn't help her Mm. but if I do help her I would be disappointing them. Mm. Wow so so it's
1: like a lose-lose situation. Yeah to
2: me it felt like there was no way I was going to win in this scenario and because I felt like I had no choice, it was going to it was I was between like a brick wall and a hard place, I guess. Mm. Or was that a rock and a hard place? <laughs> <laughs> brick walls are hard too. <laughs> but um and because of that, I I felt like I didn't have any choice and then I noticed that like my breathing was getting really short. And then um, I started hyperventilating and then I started crying because I couldn't breathe and I didn't know what my body was doing. And I didn't really think I had anxiety because I was Mm -hmm. just like a happy-go-lucky person. So I was like, what is anxiety? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Um, Yeah, It can get triggered. yeah, Yeah. And then that's what triggered it was the feeling of disappointing someone. And I felt like no matter what decision I made, I would disappoint someone yeah yeah so i had an anxiety attack in front of a lot of people which was a lot of fun um wow but thanks to that now i know the feeling of when i'm about to get anxiety attack i i start feeling like my chest kind of gets tight and then i um it's hard to breathe yeah i start like, getting shortness of breath right before the hi- the hyperventilating. So I am able to, like, calm myself down before that. So I have been on the verge of a couple of anxiety attacks, but I haven't had one as bad as that one. But I, I do get social anxiety sometimes, which mm-hmm. keeps me up at night. Yeah. Um, which makes me anxious because I consider myself an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always taken pride in being an extrovert. So when I get social anxiety... That's interesting, actually. Yeah, it... Stresses me out, yeah. and then I gave him more stress because I get anxious. I'm like, I'm not supposed to have social anxiety, like, like I consider You're myself a social butterfly. Yeah, yeah. I and feel like,
1: like it's, yeah, it's like that definition of who you are, and yeah, identity. It's kinda like yeah, I'm if
2: I identify as an extrovert, but I'm getting social anxiety being around people, like, can I even consider myself an extrovert? Yeah. You know, so it gets that's hard, yeah. wow. But yeah, ha- have any of you guys struggled with anxiety at all?
1: I do,
2: I have, yeah, yeah. well. It's interesting cuz I feel
0: like I have a lot of anxiety but I never had a like anxiety or like panic attack. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: like how do you feel when you you feel those anxious moments?
0: I just feel like I don't even know how to describe it. It's like kind of I don't want to say like nervousness. Okay. Like does, I don't I don't know how to describe it. Does your body tense up a lot?
2: Mm. Do you feel like on edge? Yeah, I feel like on edge. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: you're not relaxed, like muscles are kind of like Yeah, and I just
0: yeah just tense Tense. I don't know like I I need to like be in the moment to describe like what it feels like but I feel like I just get do you get
2: quiet or do you like I'm like
0: I'm always quiet but like (laughs) I'm trying to think of I don't know like I guess the like the last time I felt anxious was like going out with the COVID-19 stuff Mm -hmm. not because I was scared of
2: the the catching it yeah, I wasn't scared of catching it. It was like mm-hmm.
0: the people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Why am I getting emotional? <laughs> it's okay. okay yeah. It's okay.
0: Um,
1: so when you say you, uh, you feel the maybe anxiety from the people, what specifically about the people is, I guess, stressing you out? If not, let's say um, the virus.
0: Um, I guess it's just like in my head – I'm, like, expecting a reaction. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, of people reacting people. to you. Like, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Oh. oh. Because like, we're
2: Asian. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So,
1: it's, like, they're probably judging me because... Yeah, anxiety of judgment. Yeah. Because of who I am and how how I look. Just because you hear on the news these days about people's thoughts of Asians and yeah. all that, mm-hmm. it, it really does affect, like the asian community yeah Um, when you step out you might be worried of what everyone thinks of you
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i um i've been scared to like cough or sneeze in public just because i'm asian and i i feel like i would get looks from it so i guess rather than being anxious it's more
0: paranoia Mm -hmm. um not what people are thinking of me but what people might say like if someone's gonna make like say a racial slur or comment or comment like how am i gonna react so it's more just being paranoid about that and then Mm -hmm. also seeing like older asian people like i don't want them to experience that and go through that like racism like i would rather take it than have someone exactly yeah Yeah. but like i just feel like super paranoid but i mean i don't really feel that way anymore because i feel like i feel like it's just the, I guess the virus itself. Yeah. It's not more targeted towards Asians anymore because it's like spread, you know? Yeah.
1: Right. So. Was there a certain situation in your life where someone, let's say, made a racial slur where, you know, did it Did it bring you like anxiety or stress?
0: Mm. Mm, not really. Like I've, thankfully haven't like experienced that i mean i've experienced yeah. people say like ni hao to me okay. and i'm just like mm-hmm. okay whatever you're stupid <laughs> but like yep. nothing yeah. nothing to that extent that we've been seeing recently yeah
2: gotcha. yeah yeah i i definitely understand what you're saying because um i feel like we see our parents in older asian people yeah. and like people that we love and are close with like my dad said he took the metro the other day because he works in dc and he said he said that someone was looking at him like he was a virus. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. hurt me so that bad. Would make, oh, that would yeah. make me cry. I would, wow. I, yeah, I started tearing up. I was like, I'd rather have someone cuss me out for like 20 hours straight rather than my dad to feel like that. Right. Um, And he stopped taking the Metro after that day, oh, Um wow. which is a good thing because he's, yeah. he's driving to work. So he's, okay. um he's like not around people right now, which is, which is I think for the best, but yes. it just sucks that he had to experience that. And I feel like, D.C. in general has so many different people and different opinions that, like, it's kind of easier to run into that when you're in a city. Right. Um, Especially, like, being so close to the White House, there's always, like, so many protesters around there. Um, I mean, also, I hear about how, you know how New York is such a diverse
1: city. Yeah. But I also hear so much about the racial issues with the whole coronavirus Mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. So, it, it goes to show like even if you are in a diverse city that doesn't always mean that everyone is accepting of everyone
2: exactly
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. dc sure. is just like that yeah, i stopped taking the metro too actually That's like good. i started driving yeah a congested space yeah. Yeah. yeah well that yeah just being around a lot of people but also because i think it helped with the, the paranoia but yeah. but i feel like i would be fine taking it now it's just like i think when it was starting to be like a new thing mm. it made me a little bit nervous that makes um, sense so yeah i started going to work with sean That's good. good. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I'm pretty familiar with the feeling of anxiety, and Michelle, before you were talking about like panic attack Mm -hmm. and everything, that was that's very familiar to me as well. Oh yeah. Um, I've had two panic attacks, Mm -hmm. one a little bit more serious than the other. Um, so I guess the anxiety and these panic attacks really kind of stem from like, am I? In my past dating history, um, there was this guy who, we would get into really bad arguments Mm -hmm. and it was really, really heavy. Um, there would be a lot of tension and anger Mm -hmm. and a lot of, and then it happened often to the point that there was just so much anxiety pent up and I would be fearful of this person. Um, And because of that, I think it built up like my type of, my anxiety for anger, Mm -hmm. my anxiety for intense types of situations Mm -hmm. that if there are any, anything that kind of resembles it, I realize that I hold my breath. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I hold my breath. Even now I'm kind of holding my breath. I would remember that type of intensity that type of anger that type of like fear i can break down or have a panic attack um and i had a panic attack kind of similar in what you said the symptom of shortness of breath and i could i had no control of my body
2: exactly yeah you
1: can't you can't. I, I tried to breathe normally, and I yeah. couldn't mm-hmm. breathe normally. Yeah, and like I was like, stop crying. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I, I realized after that panic attack, I was like, there's something. I don't want to say wrong with me, but I need help.
0: Mm-hmm, and
1: yeah. honestly, I haven't gone to a, a professional. Yeah, and maybe there's something. You know, maybe, like I think nowadays, like when people talk about therapy, like it's much in a better light. It's definitely more of a yeah. Now, yeah, which is great. A thing. I love that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's, you do have to take time out of your day. Mm. You do have to really face it on straight on. Um, I think right now, I still don't know how to handle my anxiety. I wouldn't be surprised if I got another panic attack um, if anything triggers it. And that's, I think. Very real. Yeah. yeah. Because it's easy f- for people to go, like, okay, if you have anxiety, seek help, done deal. But it's also seeing whether you're ready for it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Financially, you know, emotionally. emotionally. Yeah. 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 And being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also
1: have to say, like, I think it's all of our responsibility to be aware that we don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. So to always treat others with. Respect and understanding, and know that we don't know what they're going through. Like, for example, if I am going through, I, I get triggered by people with a lot of intensity. Maybe people of someone like a coworker from work is just very intense in what they do. Yeah. Maybe not even being mean, just intense and passionate, that could potentially trigger, for example, me. Yeah. Um, to get a panic attack or to stop breathing, and once I stop breathing, it's just. I get really anxious. Therefore I wouldn't like going to work because it reminds me of a time. Right. Um so So you you have like mm
2: -hmm. PTSD from a toxic relationship. Yes. So I
1: haven't had a full on panic attack, but I've felt that shortness of breath before mm -hmm. but it was never something like a whole a whole panic attack. I think When I felt it, I think I was in college and then before it became anything really big, I like called Alex and I was like, I'm I'm freaking out right now. Um, This was a recent thing where I started I started becoming more comfortable in talking about. So I have something called death anxiety, where Mm -hmm. when I think about my own death, it sounds a little bit, you go or just thinking about myself, but when I do think about my own death, I stress over it. I just have like an image of me becoming nothing mm. and that space of being nothing freaks me out so yeah. much. Um, and it comes and goes, let's say I think about it and I might not think about it in three years or so. But then once I think about it, right now, my mind just tries to say, think about something else. And that's been working for me. And I haven't really yet been able to tackle it head on. Death anxiety started more so the end of high school. Um, I don't know the reason at all. I think it might be because maybe in my life, I feel like I haven't done anything yet to feel satisfied with my life. That I guess when I think of my own death now i don't i don't feel like i did anything right. or the idea of me losing the people that i love on this earth or losing my memories i think it's more so that where the people i care about the people that means so much to me i have it within me but once i'm gone that's lost i don't want to lose the feelings that i have for the people in my life yeah so yeah you said that you read something about like death anxiety or how to like cope with it, or not cope with it, but understand it. Did you get anything from those like readings? I did, and now I forgot. <laughs> I do remember you read a book about like um, what was that drug called? Oh, I forgot what it's called, but it was pretty much saying that maybe if you use LSD, it could help. <laughs> so have you tried it no I'm just pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty much what it was saying is that if you're in the right environment and if like medically someone gives you lsd mm-hmm. um the feeling that lsd may give you is the sense of you not being a part of your own body right and the, so you kind of like died
2: oh, dang. and then you're like watching being able yourself.
1: to kind of be reborn again as outside of your identity and for people who go through death anxiety, that had really helped them, mm. like being able to experience what it might be like to not be within yourself. So. Yeah, that is fascinating. That's it is crazy. an interesting <laughs> book. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I forgot what it's called to be honest. It's yeah. a long. It's a long title. Yeah, but I do remember Kelly, like you've struggled with this a little bit even before like the end of high school, um, but you just didn't know what to call it. Yeah, I somehow just decided to google it mm-hmm. it's like what is this fear of death mm-hmm. of all yeah. about so. yeah
2: i actually didn't know there was a name for it mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's really common in yeah people. i have it too and i i think min gets it every once in a while too mm-hmm. um like it's just some nights where like i just randomly think about it and i just can't sleep wow. at all like i i'm scared that if i sleep i won't wake up because i'm Aww. thinking about death you know that like the
1: first person that i heard that says that you've gone through the same thing because i've i've talked to people (laughs) about this and they're just like you should like do you not just feel okay with passing i'm like no No. i'm not
0: yeah not at all i feel it a little bit but i feel like Mm -hmm. i've gone over it okay i don't really think about it too much i mean sometimes it does come across like every now and then but i never really thought about it yeah a lot before. i don't think i did. like like i have in passing i guess i could say yeah mm-hmm. but then i just try to like think about something else
1: like i told my mom my mom's perfectly fine she's like why passing. it's just like you sleep forever yeah, <laughs> that's awful yeah, yeah.
2: Um, i don't know that's I, I didn't even know there was a name for it yeah i do yeah. try
1: to figure I, i've been trying to figure out what is it that freaks me out the most i've gotten out of myself is the fear of losing people yeah and the people that are important, that you love. All those feelings will just disappear. And yeah. It might be because I don't believe in a heaven or a hell or or seeing, let's say, your loved ones again. Oh. Back back in heaven. Mm. Or like meeting your mom or dad and grandparents or sister or you siblings. Just think it's like again. I just nothing. think I become nothing. Yeah. I think that doesn't It'll help. just be like black.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I actually just imagine like just like blackness. Yeah, yeah. I do too actually. Mm. Yeah, I feel like um, it's weird because I do believe in a heaven and hell. Like I I do believe that like, like I I will go to heaven, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to think about that now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I I feel like I haven't done enough to like leave behind like something, you know, like leave behind a legacy or something. I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to just like be on this earth and then one day not.
1: I thought maybe if I had kids that might help me.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a way of passing on your legacy. Yeah, yeah. So I I well I don't know yet. Yeah. So. I mean, don't have that to be a reason to have kids. I <laughs> will no, have not kids.
1: That's so yeah. my legacy.
2: <laughs> but yeah,
1: that's a really good point. Well, thanks for sharing that. I I think not a lot of people know as as you said like the term mm-hmm. for it, yeah. and probably a lot of people have like very similar symptoms, mm-hmm. but. Again, don't know what it actually is, yeah, so. and it was good, like hearing from you, Michelle, that you and Min have gone through a little bit of that or similar mm-hmm. similar feelings of that because yeah. once again i've I've started talking about this, I want to say a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and you've you have been probably the first person who like said oh Oh, really yeah yeah yeah, that is like something similar yeah it is yeah Mm
2: -hmm. i mean it's not really like a light topic to bring up (laughs) (laughs) so i this is the first time i ever brought it up to anyone else Mm -hmm. either like besides men yeah yeah i thought it would be
1: i thought for
2: me i should talk about it because it's therapeutic Mm -hmm. it is it is and Mm -hmm. you know that like other people may be going through it too or something similar have any guys thought about going to therapy
1: me mm-hmm.
0: i have yeah.
2: yeah i feel like i thought about it like more
0: recently yeah. just because like i know more people are being more open about it as well mm-hmm. um but i just feel like i would have to find the right person which i know yes. a lot of people struggle yeah. with and also i don't know if i'd be able to open up to like a stranger yeah, like me
2: too, like that might be easier
0: to open up because it is someone you don't know but at the same time i don't know if i would be willing to open up to a stranger
2: yeah, I mean, this kind of feels like a mini therapy session yeah. right now. Yeah. Actually, like oh, I, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it we is. had to take intermissions to cry. <laughs> so I feel like we definitely like put it all out there today.
1: Yeah, so. we did. We did. Yeah, Synia has definitely been that, or that person that I can go for therapy or talk my feelings out. Yeah, yeah. but at the same time, like uh, um, going back to what Vanessa said. Sometimes a stranger is better. Yeah, and give because, a third person. Yeah, yeah. because like sometimes I can listen to you, Kathy, um, talk about what it is. But since I'm so close to you, I I go like, I don't want this happening to you. And I might say something that's not actually beneficial for you. Fair. So I think that's why I was thinking about therapy too because there are some things that because Kathy is so close or anyone's so close, I can't talk to them about right. it. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it'd be might be better to talk to someone who's professional and is out of my world
2: yeah i agree um being
0: like asian american do you think your parents would take therapy as like would they see it in a bad light or do you think they would be accepting of it that's interesting i think because i know asian parents don't really talk about it's more like they suppress their feelings and they're like oh like you don't need to see a therapist like you're fine they're
2: they're like what is mental health
0: Yeah. yeah
2: i think
1: our parents because they can see like sometimes their daughters their daughters and like sometimes the symptoms of like anxiety they are now more open to therapy yeah for both us. anxiety and depression they're starting to become aware of it and because of that i'm sure they would be okay with it yeah
0: well if you had like an hour therapy session and i don't know if this is too personal but like yeah. what would you want to talk about I heard this question in another podcast. That's such a hard question. Yeah, like what would you want to – like what would you utilize your therapy session? So
2: on? like if you were to go to the therapy session right now, like mm-hmm. at this moment – I think I would probably like vomit everything. <laughs> I would just, just vomit. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> was well, an I, hour
1: well spent. <laughs> it's kind of like a brain dump. But it's just like right now I don't know what specifically. Yeah. Maybe a lot of things. And maybe from that brain dump, like I'll probably – realize that there's something that I didn't realize before maybe or maybe that they can pick up that I didn't know before yeah um so I think that's what I would do just brain dump I think the best kind of therapy are those those therapists that ask that question where you go like huh I never thought of that (laughs) or never thought about asking myself that question and I think those are the best kinds of therapists that get you to think of something in a different way Mm. um but yes, I would probably. It would have to be based off of my mood at that time. So it's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. hard to.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be sorry. really situational. Yeah, like depending on what you're going through. Yeah, and depending on the therapist too. Like if they egg me on, or if like they just want me to just like word vomit, mm-hmm. you know? Like I, I don't know how I would react. That's a hard question. I don't have an answer to that right now. Yeah. Do you yeah have what an about
0: answer you? To that, yeah. I don't know. I feel like. Sometimes when I'm feeling a certain way, I'm like feel like I need to go see like a therapist to like talk about this, and mm-hmm. then I feel like once I get to the therapist, I'll like feel fine, and yeah, I won't want to like talk about anything. So I don't know. Um,
2: hmm. It's like when you go to the doctors. Sometimes right? you're in the waiting room, you just feel better, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Dang, I just paid sixty dollars copay.
1: <laughs> and it's also the same concept of people. Like I know I am prone to having depression and anxiety and because i don't have it now in my life but because i'm prone to it maybe i should do should do preventative measures yeah a lot of people go to therapists when it's like really really down the line and it's been a really long time but yeah i think yeah as you said like not a lot of people think about it in a preventative measure
2: yeah like even therapists need therapists right oh yeah Yeah. for sure Mm -hmm. right yeah I was actually um, considering being a family therapist or family psychiatrist as my major. But I I knew that like my parents even knew, but I would take the problems home with me. I think because like I'm such an empathetic person, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Like I would just take all the problems home with me and just like cry every day. Yeah, So it's definitely a difficult job. Yeah, so kudos to everyone in that field because I don't, I don't think I could be able to handle it. Right. Yeah.
1: How do you... So... Mm-hmm. Um because our world is running 24/7 and we don't really we aren't able to really talk about mental health. Um has there been any way that you guys that you guys have like figured out that worked for you? Yeah, like is coping there, mechanisms? Yeah, coping yeah. mechanisms or like what have been some activities that helped you out to be able to like get through the day?
0: Um I know for me if I'm having like like a really bad day or I guess I don't want to call it like a depressive episode, but if I'm feeling like really down, um I like to journal and just like mm. write out my thoughts. Um I feel like that helps me like get it out of my head cuz I feel like I tend to think about things a lot and like keep it in there. Mm-hmm. So I think writing it helps. I know there was one week where I was like something happened and I was like feeling really crappy like the whole week and i was like i don't know why like i'm feeling so bad and i kind of just like journaled and just kind of like wrote whatever and i guess like i guess what was bothering me Mm -hmm. and then after that like i felt fine that's really really good yeah so sometimes i like go home from work like with Tron, so he like picked me up and then i just felt like it felt really sad and he's like oh mm. like what's wrong like he could tell on my face i was yeah. like i don't know and i started yeah. crying i was like i Aww. don't know like Aww. i'm so sad sometimes and then, it's hard to yeah figure it but out. then like after i journaled i was like fine <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh that's good <laughs> yeah, yeah. writing is great. a great way yeah but yeah. also sometimes when i'm feeling sad i just like like to feel sad like i yeah. make myself feel sadder <laughs> <laughs> um, right. like i can't do that like i pu- i like bring myself down to like that dark place mm-hmm. yeah um I know that it's probably not good for everybody. Yeah, that's, but, really that's yeah. but that's what I do for myself. Like I'll just like lay in bed and like listen to sad yeah. music and like yeah. let myself cry. Sometimes I need a good cry because sometimes I think the type of person I am is like everything kind of just accumulates. Yeah. If I know I'm having a bad day and like I can't, sometimes I'll just make myself cry, and then I'll like yeah. it's kind of like a stress reliever. Yeah, it yes. is for me. Yes. I know what you
1: mean. It's it's weird. I have this thought. Sometimes I feel like I need to feel super sad in order to feel like I'm living. Um,
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Same. I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. Because like it's when you're super sad where you feel the most in this world and therefore you feel, you feel that sort of contrast between life and death. And then maybe sometimes you can gain and see the beauty because of it um wow i'm kind of like the complete
0: you, you kind of like mm-hmm. how yeah. like you can't really know what happiness is until you've been sad yeah or you yeah.
2: don't know what you're missing till it's gone yeah mm-hmm. yeah actually i'm the complete opposite mm-hmm. i feel like when Same. i'm the happiest is when i feel like i'm alive like when i'm traveling and i'm like having new experiences it like just reminds me that i'm alive and i'm thankful that i was able to go on this trip and yeah that like that this opportunity was even here for me mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. it's really interesting to hear like the yeah. opposite i, I never think really it's thought like of it like that
1: both ways like i know for me i feel the most alive when i'm the saddest mm-hmm. and i also feel super alive when i'm the happiest, the happiest. Yeah. it's it's really weird <laughs> that's interesting because i don't know if i feel the most alive when i'm happy and i don't know if i feel the most alive when i'm <laughs> the saddest yeah like, I'm just neutral for the most part. But I definitely, when I'm sad, I do not feel alive. But because you don't feel alive, you feel the, you feel life. It's the reality of yeah. it. That it sucks. Yeah. That, kind of. <laughs> that you have it. Okay. not alive (laughs) maybe we're defining alive differently i guess i don't know if i i don't
2: know alive as in like you have a purpose that you have like a soul
1: but i feel like i don't have a purpose and my soul is dead oh
2: okay i i see the question i was seeing it as like physically here like what i'm the happiest is it's when i'm physically here um and like i acknowledge the gift of life Mm -hmm. but Feeling alive and fulfilled is a different... Yeah, yeah, that's a different answer for me, I guess.
1: I think it's like you feel the intensity of life. Yeah. I guess. It's hard to explain in words. I'm waiting for that moment, I guess. I, I, I definitely don't feel that now. Well, like, do you feel intensity? Oh, yeah, it hurts. Or even, like, nothingness. Yeah. That is something yeah. though right? that's that's hard to think of mostly yeah. when you're in the state of feeling so sad mm-hmm. maybe later down mm-hmm. the line
0: I had what you to do? Like, do you guys do like coping mechanisms was,
2: yeah yeah that was such a good question i think it's different and depends on where i am um in my mindset but when i'm feeling like i'm in a rut or i feel like um Like my mind is just clustered and I don't know how to put into words how I'm feeling. I like to clean and to Mm. organize my space Mm. because if I see a physically organized space that I manually organized myself, it's like I organize my thoughts Mm -hmm. in a way, just because I'm such a visual learner that like if I see a clean space, my mind just feels so much better and I feel like I could breathe. Like, if I'm in a cluttered space, I notice that, like, I don't breathe as well because, like, I'm just, like, holding my breath all the time because um, I feel anxious. If I if I get a little sad or anxious, I think about all the things I'm grateful for, which I know is kind of, like, cliche, but I I am thankful that I'm alive. And if I'm it thankful works, it works. that yeah. I have people close to me. I'm going to start crying again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang, this this podcast yeah <laughs> Um I'm thankful that like I have a roof over my head and I have I'm relatively healthy, you know. Um and that I can like get up and walk from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. so. That's great. <sighs> yeah. Oh, it's <that's> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm working on figuring out coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I don't have it all down yet. Mostly when I'm at the lowest of lows, it is so hard for me to let's say pick up that phone and call someone
2: yeah
1: because i don't when i'm at that low point i feel like i can't do anything and so asking for help calling for help i can't do it for some reason mentally there's a mental block where i can't physically even call someone yeah yeah so
0: I think that's okay too. Yeah. Like I don't really turn to anybody. Like I'd rather take care of yeah. like I'd rather try myself to make myself feel better. Yeah.
1: So different I'm different from you where I know if I don't I can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't call someone, if I don't oh, talk okay. to someone, mm-hmm. I'm just I will probably be sleeping cuz mm-hmm. that's my it's an awful way of coping. Yeah. But I sleep.
2: It's a of magazine. I can sleep yeah. for yeah.
1: hours and hours and hours because I don't want to deal yeah. with life. Yeah. And so, um but I do know what will make me feel better are people around me that understand. I mean, it's also sometimes a it works and it doesn't work. Sometimes when I'm around a group of people and I'm just so down, I might retreat back yeah. to my house.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I find myself like retracting away from people mm-hmm. yeah. and like being by myself but yeah. i mean i think everyone just copes differently like some people need to be around people mm-hmm. and some people like need to be by themselves
2: yeah. yeah and it's situational too i think like sometimes being around people helps and sometimes it doesn't at all yeah. right yeah because then you feel like you have to fake it or like yeah. put on a face mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's why it has yeah. to be people that you're more comfortable than not yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely yeah. I think yeah, I, I agree. I think I have trouble still right now trying to figure out how to move on with life. Mm-hmm. I think I'm one of those people that have to be okay with myself first before I can do life, yeah. <laughs> or, or like let's say walk out to a coffee shop, yeah, walk and out to a coffee study shop, study, or work. Yeah. 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 So like even now, like recently, I have been going through a lot of anxiety. And I haven't been able to sleep, and I've been getting a lot of migraines. So it's been affecting my work. And so I had to take a couple of days of PTO because I had to have this time for myself. I get anxious even taking PTO because yeah. I can be like, because my workplace is a very like results driven type of environment. very results driven, very like, go, 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 like go after what it is that you need to do. And I feel like there's that pressure as well at work yeah. and there is no time for me to cry about anything or be anxious. focus
2: on yourself. Yeah. yeah. When
1: I think about work, I'm just like, I don't know if it's really designed for me and what I need right now. Um, and I get also anxious taking, like PTO is not even right. PTO. It's like anxiety during the time as well. It. I get yeah. it. Like taking PTO sometimes it's like, am I not working hard yeah. right now? Am am are people, working? are lo- people looking at me and judging me for yeah. not being at work today? Yeah. yeah. You, know? you
0: start getting like hard on yourself. Like, exactly. Oh, i not putting yeah. in my part.
1: Yeah. And I think like, what if this happens again? I need more PTO. And that's where I'm kind of struggling between like this mental health and making sure that I'm okay. And day the day world. Life.
2: Yeah. Day I mean, day you day can't pour from an empty cup, mm-hmm. you know, as, as cliche as that sounds like it, it's true because you can't put a hundred percent into your work mm-hmm. if you don't feel hundred percent okay. Yeah, and then if you can't put a hundred percent into your work, you get anxious that you might lose your job. Yeah, because as you said, it's like results driven. Yeah. So
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I've been having a tough time trying to find the balance. Um, I think it's good you took PTO.
0: Yeah, so, I, think like, so I agree. You, you earned it. Well, yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. I know when I was having a lot of trouble at work, a lot of stress. Like I took PTO and I mm. came back feeling better that's um, awesome um and like enjoying work a lot more but i know it's it's kind of hard to, like it's not that easy where yeah. you can just like take a few days off and um, yeah that's why i feel
1: like work culture is so important and if people like it can be still a results driven type of workplace but also people who are who are there for you and empathetic and be like, yeah. being, like we're here for you that's always helpful yeah. having For me, at least having a manager that understands if you're comfortable saying like, hey, I'm not feeling too good, just like emotionally and I need time off. And if you have a that manager that understands, I think changes so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really lucky. I think it's important. Some managers that I've, you know, worked with, it's very just like, where's the thing? Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you get it from. You just have to deliver. Yeah, that's not understanding with the fact that humans are humans, and yeah. there's so much outside of work
2: that's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's actually really relatable what you said too. That like mm. you couldn't sleep, start getting migraines and stuff. Because in like near the end of high school, I started. Um, I felt like I was in a state of depression. I don't know if I was depressed because I never got clinically diagnosed, but I felt like I was in a state of depression, and I couldn't sleep at all like I would just I would sleep maybe like an hour or two every night at most yeah and then I start getting like terrible terrible migraines and then I would like um sleep to get rid of the migraine and then at night I wouldn't be able to sleep because I slept during the day to get rid of the migraine and then the next day I would have another migraine Mm. and then because of that um similarly to like you feel like you couldn't put 100% into work I couldn't focus on my studies. Um, mm. I know this sounds so different cause this is when I was just in high school no, and it's yeah. not the same as like work and no, you're being no, paid no. for it and stuff, it's, but, yeah. um, I felt like it really affected me and all of my friends knew what they wanted to do. Like they knew what colleges they wanted to go to. They knew what majors they wanted to do. They knew what they were looking for in a relationship. I, I didn't have any of that ambition Mm-hmm. because I was in such like a dark mind space mm-hmm. that like, I wasn't looking forward to things. I feel like it was really relatable. Like what you yeah. said, like a lot of the things you everyone uh-huh. said today was really relatable, yeah. but uh,
1: yeah, I do have yeah. to say when people, people might talk definitive. Like this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is what, what I know because it's, this is myself. Yeah, this is myself. Yeah. But really, honestly, none of us know. No one knows. Yeah, like we would like to know. That's why we talk into definitives, and it's easier and f- easier for people to be like, okay, this person has their head on straight. Yeah. But really, that's not.
2: That's not reality. Yeah. So that's true. But like for me, I felt like I was so close to them that I saw the results of their hard work. That like they were all into sports and they were also active and they were also like such good people like they had such good grades and stuff and I guess um, in a way it made me feel bad because I felt like I, I wasn't doing enough. But then I guess like near the end of um, where I kind of like got myself out of that depressive state was when I started taking motivation from them rather than comparing myself in a negative way. I was like, you know, I need to step it up. Like if I'm going to be their friend, I need to step it up. Um, Like I remember I got on a roll for the first time that semester and they were so proud of me Mm -hmm. that like it made me feel so happy that like Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to step up my game. Like I need to get into a college and Mm -hmm. I should like do something. It was, it was definitely like a tough time, but like the people you surround yourself with definitely impact whether like, like how you react to the situation that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Speaking of like the anxiety and like the lack of sleep and everything, I had a rough time in college. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really talk to many people about this because I had the anxiety of like trying to do well in college. And my fear of losing that type of perfection, of doing great in school. Once I receive like a grade that's like a C or something, Mm -hmm. which is fine. (laughs) I just go like, oh, it's not perfect anymore. Yeah. So then my mind just goes downwards. And so in college, I had depression. And what I would do is that I would sleep at 5 a.m., And wake up at 6 p.m. And you can question, how does that work? It doesn't. Yeah. So I never went to class. Because I was in this cycle of depression, not knowing what I wanted in life. And I would use sleep as a coping mechanism. Yeah. And then I felt dead every day, honestly. Like, I would wake up and just feel my body was just laying there feeling but not feeling Mm -hmm. and that was one of the toughest times of my entire life yeah um I actually couldn't continue school and so I had to take some time off to actually like work on myself um I actually took some classes from community college but because I my mindset was I couldn't get myself out of that kind of, out of depression. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It affected, you know, college affected so many things. And I also feared what people would think of me. So that's why I would hide the story from everyone. When people think I'm dumb, you know, and plus this is the first time like I've ever experienced it. I never, I've heard about depression, but I never really like, there's no one actually to talk to about it. Yeah. I guess your story kind of like I kind of related a little bit to the stresses that our society gives us and the expectations that we need to meet and not actually finding the time for ourselves first.
2: Yeah. Well, so. if you don't mind talking about it, when you said you took a break to take care of yourself and um, figures yourself out, what did you do during that time to yeah. get out of it?
1: Um, I actually So I kind of want to say it from like my perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cindy went in with a biology major yeah, and that was not her. That was not her purpose in life. And um, I guess with the whole college aspect of the freedom to make your own schedule, I think in our life we weren't ready for it and we weren't made for it yet. Because our parents like were so strict on us and made a schedule for us yeah Mm -hmm. and so when college happened we had to make our own schedule but it was also with the idea of finding your own motivation in college and she didn't have it i didn't have it because we didn't know what we wanted in life we were going to college because that's what life told us to go yeah that's what society is telling us is the next step in our life so going to taking classes in montgomery college cindy was able to find art again and Sydney I think he was able to find art again. I, <laughs> I think that was the chance for you to set back yeah. and go like, what do I really want to do? Want? What I, is my passion? Yeah. And I know that's a very first world problem
2: <laughs> of like being able to study what it is that you love to study.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, It doesn't make it any less valid though. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a problem is still a problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Honestly, like if you were, if I were to answer your question, like what, helped me get out of it i'm not too sure maybe it's like a change in environment mm. um or maybe i was just like i went so low that i don't i didn't know how much you go back up yeah i don't know how much lower i can get so this is kind of deep have you ever had suicidal thoughts no hmm. because when I was laying there on the bed I felt dead already. Mm. Okay. Is that weird? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. This is very Yeah. <laughs> depressing. I'm very sorry.
2: Oh, no. don't be, don't be. <laughs> um if that was like a open floor question to yeah. everyone, yes. um I haven't ever felt suicidal, thank goodness. Um, but thoughts of suicide I mean, suicide in general, um, I know a lot of people very close to me that deal with it. So I don't take it lightly at all. But because I think I saw how it affected the people around me is why I have never gotten there before. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know that like it's it's a pretty tough topic to talk about.
1: Yeah. How about if we rephrase the question to have you ever thought of have you ever self-harmed or thought of self-harm?
2: interesting
0: because yeah, a lot of people do that yeah issue.
1: that's true then that would change my answer
0: so really yeah i feel like yeah like like physically like you know like cutting and yeah, and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that i feel like a lot of people it's definitely i think people maybe turn to that because like an alternative to suicide or mm-hmm. i mean i really don't know the mental like reasoning behind it um but that's the only way that i can think of it is like it's the next. It's the closest thing, I guess, to suicide without like.
2: Mm-hmm. I think suicide. it's a way of feeling something. That too. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think it's like for. For me, I've never used like knives or anything like sharp. I've definitely used my nails, and like, I've definitely used like. or
0: like you know, I've seen people do like rubber bands and. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's
0: an like because
1: your heart feels so painful would rather feel anything else because mm. your heart's pain is too much to bear so anything for you to feel anything else is would be better
2: um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but Kathy was that hard for you to hear yeah um,
1: I feel like she might have told me this before but I think it resonates with me more now Mm -hmm. because to be honest, I'm older and I've experienced more feelings and emotions. I think when she first told me that I was sad, but I didn't get it. Now, I still don't get it completely because it is your story. Mm -hmm. But it does hit more.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And knowing that like you're so close to each other, too, that like and you still don't know 100%. Of, yeah.
1: yeah yeah like so cindy and i can talk to each other about our feelings but in the end we both agree that we could only understand so much of what the other person is going through yeah i'm so sorry you guys for like oh getting my gosh really like no i don't no, like, don't, 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 be don't sorry. apologize at yeah. all it's-
2: remember what nessa said in the last podcast and said saying sorry say thank, you. thank <laughs> you thanks for listening thanks for listening So, I know we talked
0: a lot about heavy topics today, but I appreciate you all, you know, like sharing your personal stories and getting deep with them. Um, We hope that our listeners can, you know, take some comfort in listening to our personal stories and knowing that you guys aren't alone. So, um, stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.